right. Okay, everyone, what's up? My name is Dumodenga, and you are listening to and watching the Man Patriot podcast. So, as you can see, we're doing it via Skype because, you know, of corona fears and everything. So, we're just uh, making sure that, you know, none of us infect each other because we don't know if any one of us have it and everything like that. But as always, I'm mm-hmm. always pleased to have the co-host, Nzuzo Kati. How are you doing, Nzuzo? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, hey, guys, what's up? Um, it's great. It's weird feeling to be behind the screen and not actually talking to my co-host. Uh, but obviously, you know, Corona's doing this to us, guys. Corona's fucking us up. <laughs> so, um, you know, so this is something that we have to take precaution of. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. And of course, um, we have our resident contributor, you know, Mpiak in the building. How's it, Mpiak? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Uh, yeah, it's... Um it's an interesting time to be alive with just with so much going on in the world and in South Africa. It's just like it's, I, I feel like we're in, in, in those uh, one of those historical moments, and so we'll see. Yeah, those yeah. movies, you know, those yeah, like those movies, what happened? Yeah, you know, the yeah. biographies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's crazy. The interesting. Bro. Okay, okay, no, no, maybe I, maybe we should save this. I don't know, but the interesting thing about history is that. If you read about people who were alive during the time, read their what what they wrote and what they did, none of them were aware of the whole picture. Like people had pieces of the of the picture, they were worried about specific things, but no one had the whole picture, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Everyone has their own perspective. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Mm-hmm. The only people who have the entire picture are historians looking backwards. Yeah, agree. Definitely. Or I mean, governments. Yeah. Or governments. Governments, why governments? They have yeah. Because they have a bird's eye view. Think about it like this. this uh-huh. Think about it like this. Let's say with the um with this coronavirus cholera. Remember the epidemic that cholera caused back yeah. in the two thousands? Yeah. Yes. And then after that, um we're able to contain it, but it did a lot of damage. Yeah. But the fact that we're able to contain it is because government had a lot of information from different sides and from experts, and then after they were able to contain it. So yeah. they can see what's happening on the ground from their Ivy League office. So I guess that's where government can play a role, you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of, uh, in terms of, in terms of governing, you know, in, in crises like this, you need a bird's eye view to see, I mean, well, we're going to oh. speak about it now, but... No, you can talk about it. Yeah. You can start with Yeah, it. but like, you know, the... You know the thing, the the fact that um, we still haven't had a travel ban and we're still going to work like it's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's because obviously government has information that look, we haven't. This thing's not spreading like wildfire. Twenty four cases. We should really calm down. We should not put people in a panic. Let's go on up about our day. Let's just ensure that the ones that are infected are taken care of, are quarantined, either self. Or uh, by state quarantine, and then also, you know, the ones that are coming back from China, we also take care of them. But we shouldn't put people in a panic because then after that, when people are running around and you don't understand what the hell is, it's like it's like being at a camp. You know, everyone needs to, you know, the teacher needs to know where everyone is, so that she can make she can be able to control the situation. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Instead we- of the everyone being in their own places. Yeah. So that's what I think government is helping. In. Um, interesting you say that like about governments you know um, yesterday uh, was it yesterday or the day before you know that AOC lady put out a tweet about uh, why uh, South Korea managed to get so many people tested and they have such great screening tests and she said it's all due to the fact 
that they have a single payer healthcare system. But obviously that was not the case. You know, um, in fact, South Korea, they do have like some monopoly insurance, but they only pay part of the cost and the rest of the cost has to be insured by, insured privately. Yeah. And then if you look at Italy, for example, Italy is struggling and they are the closest to a single payer system than South Korea. They're actually much further, they're actually much further away. No, so they're actually much further, I mean, much closer, sorry, to a single payer system. Um, than South Korea. So, and that's the thing. I just think for me, the free market, like it works very well in, in solving crises like this because now, I mean, even though the hospitals in South Korea are privately owned, I mean, guys could still come together, get the screening test done and everything like that. But in, in Italy, I mean, it's a mess. It's, it, it's a total mess. I mean, now they have to choose who has to die and everything like that. It's crazy. I mean, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast the other day about it, man. Those choices that they have to make just because of, uh, of the fact that the government has got so much control, is, it's quite harrowing for me, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Man. Yeah. But don't you think that mm-hmm. um, it's only in certain areas, like in northern Italy, where the population is predominantly old, in which it is, there's a much strain on the, on, the, on the hospital services there? Because there's so many people that are infected and people die in that region. I don't think the rest of Italy is suffering that much because it's not that the rest of Italy has the coronavirus or has a, a large, uh, large infected population. Mm-hmm. I think that in, in, it's in northern Italy where the problem is. And obviously, you know, when you have so many people dying in one day, so many people infected, it's going to put a strain on your, on your resources because obviously your resources are limited. But also, like, it's not only, it's, it's not only, are, are they only using government hospitals or are they also using private? Th- Aren't they I, using both? I'm not sure about that, but I know in, uh, in, uh, in South Korea they're using both. But, I mean, but the thing about it is in South Korea, over 90% of the hospitals are privately owned anyway. So, it's, uh, it's, uh, mm-hmm. that's quite an interesting finding. It's just that, like, even in Italy, they also have private hospitals. It's just that, you know, um, I just, I, I just got this feeling that if you allow the government to, you know, sort out a crisis like this, they tend to be a bit authoritarian, all in the name of security, and that becomes, um, and that becomes a difficult thing to manage in the future. Because, like, let's say for example, they decide to close all the schools, right? They close them, and then once they closed, like, you know, children can't go to school. How long are you going to keep them closed for? You know, that type of thing. How long are you going to stop the economy for? So. I, I Isn't think, it like twenty one days? Yeah, twenty one days, but like it can be longer. Days. Yeah, it can be longer mm. depending on how much, how fast the 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 the, the spread is, yeah, how fast yeah. the spread rate is. Yeah. So now, but like I'm saying, like for me, there needs to be coordination. There needs to be a partnership between private and also government. Yes. In the sense that, like I said, government has uh, has IV, so they have. They're able to get information from everywhere. A private company cannot get information from another private company about how many people they they're dealing with. But government is in is in it's in its realm to actually get that information because it obviously needs to ensure that it, it needs it needs that um, uh, that data for firstly for um, death rates. Like what is the mortality rate of this thing? How is it going to affect us? What um, what should we do? What are the precautions we should take at the airports? What are the precautions take? Should we stop the should we stop people from going work to work? Because these are calls that government needs to make, and they need data. So they need to form, and they're not the only one who has the data, but also private institutions as well. So I think there needs to be partnerships between both. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, um, I, I agree mm-hmm. with that. It has there has to be a partnership, definitely. And because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. they're fighting a con- common enemy. Biaki, what's your thoughts on these men? Yeah, yeah well, just, I'll just, just uh, the weed. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what are you referring to, man? So yeah, <laughs> the, in Italy, they uh, they have the oldest population in Europe, so they have specific risk factors to deal with. And so it's oh, not um, so. So it's uh, the the coronavirus tends to affect the elderly the most. Apparently, most of the people mm-hmm. die are, 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 over, are over the age of of eighty. So it, it hits that specific demographic the most people who are over the age of eighty. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it does it does infect everyone. But in terms of deaths, like the, the younger people tend to uh, survive, and then older people they, they are the ones who have a higher death rate. And so this is, uh, of course, something to worry about. I, I would never suggest that uh, people dying is not a problem, but we should calibrate uh, our actions in response to the virus to the threat that it actually poses. I mean, you would like just do a, a basic risk analysis, uh, look at the probabilities, and decide what is it like. How much you should spend mitigating against those? Like that, that's so that's what uh, actuaries do. You look at the risks, you look at the probabilities, and then how much you should do. You consider how much you should spend to mitigate against those risks. Yeah, definitely. So, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. And, I think. And talk about mitigating risks. I just there's an article here by the Mises Institute where they even said that because of the the government actually running most of the healthcare, they actually experienced a worker shortage, and that's not also before the the coronavirus outbreak. And now you've got a very tight workforce dealing with a, a massive load so yeah it's it, it's just you know in my opinion you know, you know the free market provides you know because they give yeah. access of everything you know yeah and that's and and also i mean just to also like speak about um you know people calling healthcare human rights i mean i understand why they do it because i mean healthcare is essential but the only yeah. way you can make the, the the problem is the the challenge is how much how much more healthcare we can actually get as opposed to it being controlled. And I think with the free market, they provide an abundance. That's why we have an obesity problem in South Africa or around yeah. the world because the free market is giving us so much food. So we have to actually train ourselves to actually not eat too much as opposed to Venezuela yeah. where they're actually you know, um, doing dumpster diving and stuff like that. Just wanted to add that. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you live in South Africa or even uh, or the USA... Your, your your biggest con- like you have to force yourself not to eat too much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, a shit some yama Exactly. <laughs> like, you, you go to the uh, like poor like proper poor areas in South Africa, and you will see people with you know imkaba. Like you know, people are fat. Yeah. People are yeah. No, this is like I, I know people are yeah. There is serious poverty in this country, but you know we are much better off in than terms of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we food secure, especially. I mean, like just going up north, I've seen like I don't know if you've seen a lot of Zimbabweans that are fat as hell. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen those. I haven't seen Zimbabweans that are fat as hell. I think that because of their food insecurity, a lot of people are not are eating one meal a day. Yeah. Uh, be, uh, compared to South Africa, where you know there are obviously people that are suffering a lot and they only eat one meal a day, but the vast majority is is eating like pap. Yeah, pop and like meat, uh, 
what types of meat, whatever. But you know for a fact that pup is not something that you go. But you're not gonna use pup to lose weight. You're not gonna eat pup. <laughs> Some of your losing weight diets. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's so, when when you when you when you become poor, you start eating things like uh, pup with water and sugar. Yeah. And so those there's no way you're not going to be yeah. fed off eating things like that. It's like you have yeah. sugar, you have pup. It's a bad combination. Exactly. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with him. No, it's the truth, yeah. man. It's the country we live in. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. thing. You, 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 got, you got poor, fat people. So, I mean, that's a good yeah. sign, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that if you're fat, it's a good sign. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, at least we know yeah. there's not a shortage of food. <laughs> Yeah, we, we need to, what we need is like we, the more people like we get, we lift out of poverty. The more of them will access things like protein, mm-hmm. meat, and so mm-hmm. on. So there's what to get to. So people become healthier. You better don't don't just survive. Now survival yeah. is still a problem for many areas in Africa, but in South Africa, it's, it's the problem is really that uh, people are eating unhealthily because they are poor. That's mm-hmm. that's our problem. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the standard of. One thing that's not expensive is like, you know, cheap food in South Africa. Mm. In a sense of like things like, you know, like star, pop, uh, chicken, you know, those type of things are not really expensive. And so, and because of our food security, you know, that we're able to give a, lot, a, lot, a large amount of people that. It's just that, it's just that the standard of living has decreased immensely. Uh, from the 2000s, that's the only problem. So you'll find a fat person living in a hut. They still stay, they fat, but you know, at the end of the day, they're still living in a hut. And like Mpiake says, if we can pull them out of poverty, you know, we can actually do a lot to them. They can actually access a lot of things. But nonetheless, guys, we know this is the off topic from the coronavirus. Yes. Yeah, yeah, in terms of the coronavirus, um, I, I hear that there's like different types of infections. So there's a there's a mild one like a flu that people will genuinely feel like flu symptoms, and then there's a extreme one which you know you're in, you're in ICU or you're in critical condition. Okay, you know those yeah. are the type of um, the the variations in terms of this coronavirus. And like Mpiake says, you know, because Italy has a has the highest number of old people in its country, um, they're going to be the one that because obviously when you get older, your 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 organs start deteriorating. The, the, the strength of your organs, the, the capacity of your organs, such as your lungs, to actually get air has, de- has deteriorated immensely because you are 80 years old, you're no more 20 years old. Yeah. So there's a big difference. So they've also, they've, they've suffered a lot. And that's what I'm saying. Also in Northern Italy, a lot of people there are quite old. So the, mm-hmm. that's why a lot of old people, yeah. And I heard that uh, kids haven't been dying from this as well. Like there hasn't been any reported like children dying from coronavirus. I guess because they're healthy as hell, as well as young people like yeah, like me. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but I'm fine. Well, <laughs> but I'm fine. we're relatively older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless. Um, but oh, my question is, guys, what do you think are the precautions that we should take as South Africans in terms of coronavirus? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to make that point also that uh, I think in South Africa it's going to have two different effects depending on where you live, your income status, and all of those things. Because mm-hmm. you know, like we have a rel- we have two countries, we have a lot of uh, socialism. If you happen to be poor, live in a township, and then we have a lot of capitalism. 
if you happen to live in places like you know uh, northern Johannesburg, for example. And so this is this, there are going to be yeah, the differing effects. Like if you have access to private healthcare, you have access to full abundant food. You can order food online. You can do all of these things. You can even if it costs a little, a little bit more, you can still buy it and do all of do all of that. You'll be relatively okay. But if you in the poor areas, hey, you know it, it's anyone's guess because there is it's public it's public healthcare. It's government providing the service, and we know how. It's just terrible government is. I mean, a lot of a lot of people mm. die unnecessarily when AIDS hits us because government mm. is just bad at providing healthcare. And I I, I hope one day we we'll finally realize that it's a bad idea to give uh, uh, the responsibility of providing healthcare to government because if you look at these countries, the combination that really that's really bad is having uh, socialistic type healthcare with uh, uh, people with who have vulnerabilities yeah. in the USA. Abilities are around obesity. A lot of people are obese there. That makes them vulnerable. And so I guess, uh, and smoking as well is another vulnerability. And uh, being old, obviously, is the biggest one. And so people are just need to be aware. But uh, wash your hands frequently. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 for me, you know, um, wash your hands. You know, um, have some hand sanitizer. Um, I've seen some uh, places where I was at yesterday. The gods were even um, giving people. They had these hand sanitizers, but like big bottles. And then if you walked in the building, you had to um, wash your hands with that hand sanitizer as well. So I think that they are taking precautions um, very well. I mean, that's the only advice I can get. And also, you know, they well, they say avoid crowded places. But I mean, yesterday there was that uh, men's run, you know, that one uh, by a certain company. Oh, yes. Um, the one with the purple and stuff. I'll, I'll mention, I think it's Hollard, right, um, that, that, that has done it. So I don't know. I'm not saying that people shouldn't go to those events, but I mean, you know, take precautions. You know, try to try to practice some sort of self isolation as well. But I'm, look, I'm not a health expert. I mean, if, if they want to know more about it, you can listen to that Joe Rogan podcast and even the Renegade Report. I don't know if you guys listened to the Renegade Report where um, Jonathan was getting interrogated by Roman. You should have listened to it. It's quite a it was quite an interesting one. It's about the coronavirus. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I would say. You know, just but and also. Yeah, don't panic. But I, I think also this thing about panicking, we also have to address that as well because a lot of people are saying that, well, you know, you can't tell them everything because they're going to panic. And I'm like, well, if that's how you're going to see it, then, you know, then, then you're saying we can't tell people the truth. I mean, people are not going crazy with this coronavirus from what I can see. No one's yeah. burning trucks. There's no, it's not like fees must fall. You know what I'm trying to say? Like how crazy that yeah. is. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think people will take the necessary precautions and uh, and yeah, just wash your hands. Man. That's all I can say. What is it? What is that? <laughs> yeah, no, just this idea that people you need to hide things from people because that's if you think about it, most of most conspiracy theories start from that premise that you know government has to hide certain things from us, and then <laughs> the conspiracy theory is born. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I see. Yeah, I think for for my side, you know, I don't think we should. Yes, uh, I don't think we should panic. Uh, but obviously, government should give us regular updates on who is infected, what they must do. They must tell us, you know, which places to avoid, what to do when you actually have it. You know, things like that. Regular updates would be fine. Uh, I just think that. In my in my opinion, when you when you when people panic, 
people come up with like weird as um weird as uh, solutions like travel bans or stop people from going work to work. Like think about if you were to tell people to stop going to work, the type of economy we have and what the markets are doing, do you really think you can afford people not going to work? No, you. I'm just saying. You're right. My- you're right. Because a lot of the jobs are still like, um, you know, it's like. Dude, yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna mine from. You're not gonna mine from home. You're not gonna mm. um, crop. You're not gonna um, plant crops at from home. <clears throat> you're not gonna assemble cars from home. You're not gonna. What is this? You're not gonna clean someone's office from home. You, people need to go to work, and they need to contribute to 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 the economy. I think that you know it's 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 a it's in that regard I feel like you know government because of it, if it gives us regular updates then after it, we should be fine with that we shouldn't go crazy and give up and give useless or nonsensical um, solutions that's what I'm trying to say yeah I, I, I agree with that Zuzo like um, you know getting it, it's about getting the information and deciding what you want to do with it you know um, exactly and, and I think that, that that's actually perfect and I think also um, you know uh corporations or whatever factories or small businesses they must decide how they're going to tackle it like i know in some big corporations that have already um stepped on this four ir they've got like um, high-tech systems and everything like that like those guys they can actually work from home you know they can actually um you know um log on to the pc via the vpn and do what they need to do you know that type of thing so i think for me that those those companies will not see a slowdown but yeah, the ones that where guys literally, like for example, the train system, you know, the transport system and all those, those guys need to take their own precautions. So if you're an Uber driver, you may have to say, hey, sorry, before you get in the car, you need to do this. You need to, you know, wash your hands or something yeah. like that. A good, a good rule of thumb to use is if, mm. if your job, if for your job, there's a freelance market for it, so there's a good chance that you, you can stay home for that job. Like if there's an online remote yeah. market for that for that job, mm-hmm. then oh, yeah. you yeah. probably stay at home. Because if other people are doing it online, freelance, then... Yeah. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, mean, if, I don't know about going to gym, but I even seen at the gyms now, they're starting to take extra precautions. They put extra hand sanitizers. So these guys, sure. they, they're doing what they, they... They're doing the best they can, really, to to mitigate um, the, the, the spread of this, you know? And, um, and, and I think it's a good thing, you know? And, and the nice thing, the government hasn't said, the government didn't say, everyone buy hand sanitizer, everyone buy toilet paper. Now, I don't know if you've seen those memes on Facebook with, uh, with all these guys buying toilet paper, like, for days on end. And, like, oh, my goodness, that, that's crazy. But, I mean, like, people are making the, generally the right decisions, but they, you will get those few who are doing stupid stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. But nonetheless, uh, the people, the way it's where it has been causing panic, the coronavirus is the markets. Uh, a lot of the markets are going down uh, for various reasons, but you know, one of the biggest reasons is coronavirus. I see that the global markets have been taking a hit. Uh, a lot of people have not been trading with China. China's economy has gone down. I know in PRK you have some information on that. Yep. Uh, the fact that China has uh, China. Oh yes, uh, just mm-hmm. one statistic that I was looking at was that at the end of February, seventy-nine percent of uh, China's uh, the, the, the auto sales dropped by seventy-nine percent from last year in February. So uh, mm-hmm. between the, uh, 2020 and 2019, so that's uh, that's a massive. That that shows you just how the, the how massive the impact is. 
Yeah. I mean, that definitely. Man. Doing that, what's happening to spending? What's happening to... It means people are not earning incomes. People are not getting enough money. And if they're not making enough incomes, it's because they're not producing. If they're not producing, where are all those cheap Chinese goods going to come from that we've all relied exactly. on? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a and this stuff. is also... Yeah, it's also been doing a lot of damage to emerging markets such as like South Africa and other countries as well. You know, for South Africa, our markets have have been yeah have been taking a bad since as well as our currency. You know, mm-hmm. the currency now is the lowest it's been in like uh, two decades, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stand to be corrected, but like our yeah our currency is doing bad. Um, our currency to the dollar is very bad. But also, like you, like Mpiake said, you know, uh, this is this will hurt you know the consumer the worst. The worst, you know, they're gonna have to take out more out of their pockets. They're gonna have to um, uh, what is this? They cannot. They're gonna have to spend uh, on necessi- necessities more than you know what they really want to like, rather than they want as well. So you know, it's gonna really hit the consumer the most. Uh, what the coronavirus is doing uh, across across the world, but also in South Africa as well. Yeah, and you know, there's one thing that I saw on Twitter where people were actually criticizing um, the use of cheap labor in China, and then one person said that um, that cheap labor comes with a, an expensive price, and this is basically they say the price because now we, now that China is cheap labor, everyone's manufacturing there, and now um, the, the what the coronavirus has broken out, um, now the manufacturing has gone down. And uh, many people are saying that we like kind of need to have some sort of um, strategy, not just to rely on China. Because I think they, the, the, the point is that we can't put our eggs in one basket when it comes to supplies. We need to have a backup. So I think that um, this will be a lesson. And isn't China like, doesn't China play dirty in the sense that it keeps on cutting, undercutting their competitors? Yes. So, for example, if you have a, they, they, they for example, do. if you have. Yeah, other 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 markets in which they provide cheaper uh, cheaper alternatives for manufacturing per se. Like the, uh, China is going to look at that and then you know just cut their cut the rates of of the import and of their workers, cut it even more so that they can still provide they can still be the destination for everyone for everyone the manufacturing. Yes, and 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 that's fine. They they can continue to do that. Um, I think that that's just part of the the game. But I'm just saying that if you want to keep your services going and you rely only on China and something like this happens, you know, what's your backup plan? You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, for example, like in, in some situations where you reply, you rely on supplies from China, maybe there could be a backup in South Africa. Like, um, let's say you're a South African company and, um, you are, you are, and you rely on China, you can actually get some backup supply in South Africa. So maybe the South African market may not be doing as well but then when China bails, you know, you can always, um, it, it's like saving, you know, when you have savings every month, you save, you save, you save. And then when you lose your job, you, you dip into your savings so that you can like uh, maintain your lifestyle and so forth. So I think that's something that we need to kind of look at um, in the future because, look, um, you know, there was swine flu, there was all these things that came from China. So I think that right now, we may have to look for backups. And this could be a good opportunity for um, South Africa because, yes, you will pay a premium for the stuff that's manufactured here because the labor is a bit more expensive. But at least then you know that there won't be... Um, at least you know when it gets really rough, you can always rely on them as a backup. So I just think that... I'm just saying, yeah. you know, in future, 
economies are just going to have to, or leaders are going to have to say, okay, you know what? Let us see what backup plan we can use. Because I, I mean, it's slowing down everything. I mean, like, it, it's crazy how it's slowing down a lot of things just because we're all relying on China because we haven't diversified our risk, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? yeah, no. that, that's true. But I also have a like. I think the point about savings is very important because savings is what allows you to quickly redeploy capital somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think our biggest problem right now is that we we have encouraged like we have built a debt-based economy across the world. It's not just in South Africa or the USA or mm-hmm. anywhere. Just across the world, the entire system is made up of debt. Um, a guy I follow on on YouTube called George Gammon who says that the, uh, the the US economy is made up of debt, confidence, and spending, <laughs> and so. It is right. I mean, the, the economy is the, G, the GDP of the USA is made up of seventy percent consumer spending. Sure. Now that's that, that's yeah. crazy. And what's driving this consumer spending? Well, is people getting loans and then being able to uh, to buy mm. like whether they, either they buy shares or, or whatever, and then they feel like they have more wealth and then they spend more money, or they buy property mm-hmm. or something. They feel like they have more wealth and then they 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 spend more money and so on. So this is this is this is unsustainable. Or if it's students or or, or or corporations taking on more debts, or people who don't have enough to for for retirement taking on more debts, and so on and so on it goes. And so if you if you like savings and debts are almost like the uh, anti of each other, like they are they are almost opposed to each other. Like the, the, the more debt you have, the, the less savings you'll have. Like the, the more savings you have, the less debt you have. And so this is, we've created an economy that incentivizes debt and you, you're getting more and more debt and less savings. So when black swan events happen, we, do, we can't react to them quickly. We, we can't, we, we, we can't, we, we can't um, execute contingency plans. Everything just goes to the, to the toilet. So this is a very big risk to the, to the entire global system. Yeah, mm. and also I heard, I heard that um, China is doing the same in the sense that uh, it allows its state companies as well as you know private uh, companies to take on more debt, and then they just finance that debt through their own debt, if I may say. Whoa! Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like that's they that's how they undercut because also China is suffering from a debt problem as well. Yeah, it's, but you know, you know who are the kings of debts across the world? It's the USA. Like because yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. is the reserve currency mm-hmm. of the world. It means that okay, this is being the reserve currency of the world means every time that you want to trade, you first have to get U.S. dollars. And how do you get U.S. dollars? Well, you'll maybe you'll buy U.S. government bonds or or, or you buy U.S. dollars from someone else. But if you want to trade, you'll have to do that. You'll have to get U.S. dollars. And so this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this allows the American government to get into more and more debt. As long as people need dollars for trade, it can get into more and more debt without ever having to pay for pay for it. And when people say, "Okay, oh, it's time," uh, the interest on the debt has increased so much, they can just issue more debt to cover the interest on that debt. Now you can see it's not an, it's not a sustainable strategy. At some point, it has to collapse. But at yeah. this present at, at this present moment, they can do it, and they will continue doing it until they can do it. And 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 they're probably so gonna, we, we, so, and they're probably going to hope that uh, you know um, they're not alive when it collapses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, just, it's just a matter of time, it's, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, so essentially, the next crisis is going to be a debt issue. It's going to be due to debt uh, debts that all these countries are taking on. 
uh, to finance the, the own economies. Is that what you is that what you're trying to say? Like, what, what, what I'm really saying is that the crisis of 2008, the crisis of 2000, and the next crisis are all linked. It's all about that. Like we are, it's all one crisis if you look at it like from a sort of global perspective, where where you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for forty years now we've had low uh, we we've had low um, uh, we've we've been in a bond bull market which means bond prices have been have been rising for U.S. government bonds. What this means is that uh, interest rates in the U.S.A. have been going down for forty years straight. So now this has allowed people to take on debts more and more cheaply. And why have interest rates been going down for like this for so long? It's because their central bank has been buying their government bonds. And so in 2000, it collapsed because of tech stocks, which were risky stocks. And then it's exposed a part of the, te- uh, the, 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 the debts that have been built up in these unsustainable companies. And then in 2008, mm-hmm. to fix the problem of 2000, they loosened monetary policy even more, so they lowered interest rates even more to solve that problem. And people took on more debt, and then they took on. The, they said, "Okay, stocks didn't work, so let's let's use this debt, this, this cheap money we're getting from the banks, and go and buy property." So they went into real estate, and then they, 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 the market bubble also also burst. And then they said, "Hmm, everything every, everything burst. Like uh, if you have low interest rates, how can we sustain this bubble forever?" And then they came up with schemes like quantitative easing. They 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 flooded the market with liquidity. So now what has happened is they have taken systemic risks in localized areas of the credit market, and they have made it a generalized overall systemic risk over the entire over the entire system and it can collapse the entire system now because every time that one bubble pops they reinflate that bubble plus every other bubble and so every the big the big kahuna bubble is going to crash crash eventually and then it's going to take yeah. down everything across the world and people have better you need to be ready because it's going to it's going to affect it's you. Hit. yeah yeah it's, it's, it's going to be as bad you know and I mean, I, I know, can 2008 also, it also destroyed. It also hit South Africa badly. You know, mm-hmm. our unemployment unemployment rates went up. Uh, people, uh, investors uh, pulled out of South Africa. It was a bad time for all of us. So yeah, definitely can affect. Even if you're a thousand miles away, it can still affect you some way or another. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, and 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 I can imagine the political implications for Trump because if this bubble bursts any time this year. He's going to lose the election, in my opinion. And uh, so he has to do something. Because now a lot of, a lot of um, people I know that um, support the Republicans um, will say that, well, Trump knows about the debt. And after 2000 and after this election, if he wins, then he's going to try to fix the debt. And I said, yeah, fair enough. He can try to do that. But this bubble is going to burst. I mean, like maybe he's banking on time. But hopefully... It doesn't turn out that bad for him, and maybe he does win, and maybe he will sort it out. But just because um, he may get reelected doesn't mean he will sort it out. We don't know what plans he has. But yeah, but I think from a political point of view, um, this is going to be a deciding moment for Trump. You better hope that they find a vaccine very soon. So uh, yeah. on, on that, on us not knowing what he's going to do, and. We can sort of project from what he's calling for now. He's mm. calling for negative interest rates in the USA. Yo. He's, he's been saying that uh, if Europe can do it, why can't we have negative interest rates here? If they can get paid for borrowing money, why can't we get paid for borrowing money? I mean, we're better. We are a better country than Europe. So 
he's been trying to make that argument. So he's right now he just wants to inflate the bubble even more. Yeah, I mean, uh, but mm. but come on, I mean, how much is the debt now? Like twenty trillion, right? Twenty trillion, like, yo, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is. He's probably, he's probably betting on something. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, if you're gonna ask for negative interest rates in a time like this, where people are just gonna spend even more and take out even more debt, oh man, that's just, that's just crazy, you know? Like, but, yeah, but he has to, he has to keep his his fans happy. I mean, if you can, if you're able to take out more debt, it just pleases your base. And if he's able to, to if he's able to get negative interest rates, that means enough that he, it's another thing for him. If he can get negative interest rates, it's another um, achievement for him or another score for him for the next election. So, uh, so that people can keep on voting him and keep on voting Republican. He has to keep them happy. Yeah, I think that's the that's the but goal. It's not sustainable because either. Either he's banking, but on it's not his problem, Chimo, because he's ba- he's banking. I think he's banking on the fact that if if he's able to get the next four years, maybe he can he can um, blow enough into that bubble, so just as it's blow enough to, into that bubble, so that it doesn't blow up as soon uh, while he's still in office. Then and then after when he's actually uh, out of office, it becomes the next president's problem. So he's just trying to kick the, the, the yeah. can down the road. No, yeah, in and, my and, opinion, and, and what I'm but. Now, if he's trying to kick the can down the road, it wouldn't be the or calling for negative interest rates now would not be the best solution because if you get the negative interest rates now, you're going to bring that the burst of the bubble much closer. So, if he wants to kick the can down the road, he has to, um, you know, get positive interest rates. So, it, it's it's about slowing down the burst or slowing down the. The, the the increase you know so i yeah i, I it'll be interesting to see what he does um i'm really keen to see what he does i just really hope he doesn't do anything stupid because i won't lie i wanted him to win in 2016 so please trump don't do anything stupid man just you know don't call for negative interest rates cut back the debt you know at least leave a good legacy you know what i mean but yeah i, I I'm, I'm i'm just concerned so look, at south africa. look at south africa we are yeah, like I was- yeah yeah you want to say I was going to say, like, South Africa is, has a unique type of debt. It's not even the fact that we're coming up with, you know, these uh, fancy uh, schemes or mortgage schemes. We're just spending money like it's growing on trees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, <laughs> we, and the sad thing is that, you know, um, I think we spoke about this uh, just after the budget speech, but the fact that, you know, just to keep up the, the salaries as well as the these SOEs, you have to take from things. You have to take uh, money from the budget, such as police, health, education, social development, social grants. Those type of things that take I've seen taking money away from them to to help these SOEs who don't do not deserve to be helped. So you know, and that's creating even a more bigger debt uh, that we will never that we are going to have to pass on to our children. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, and the, the sad thing about it is is, is that you know it, it's very interesting that it doesn't matter if your government is capitalistic or socialistic you know mm. if if, if debts yeah. if, if if they can get away with debts they'll definitely take away they'll definitely take the debt because I mean now you, yeah. we can see now look at um look at the NHI NHI is the conservative estimates going to cost like four hundred billion a year where are they going to get that money from you know the SOEs are in, or, in, or in debt themselves and they're insolvent and we're just pumping money into them 
Um, we have social grants that are increasing every year, the recipients as well. So we're going to get that money from. And uh, the, the problem I just have is just that um, there seems to be, no, no one seems to care really about this debt because, you know, if we can't pay off this debt, you know, the guys are going to start asking for their money. And then when, you know, and if we, and if we cannot pay them, what's going to happen? You probably have to go to the IMF who's going to give us austerity measures. I yeah, think so this is this is the interesting thing. If everyone paid off their debts, do you know that uh, the money supply would shrink to zero? Yo. <laughs> wow. So we have a debt-based money system. If you think about it, how money is created, yeah. it's created in private banks and in central banks. Mm-hmm. So central mm-hmm. banks, when they create money, it has to be backed by government bonds, which is debts that government uh, uh, creates, cover, or, the, or the, the debt is given to government. On the other hand, you have uh, if, if when a bank issue creates money, it has to be someone asking for a loan, and then that's when the bank creates the money. Hmm. Hmm. People deposit yeah, money so. to banks. A, a, a bank is a deposit-taking institution that also loans out their money taken yeah. as deposits. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you deposit your money into a bank, you are effectively loaning the bank your money, and the bank will mm-hmm. take you an interest rates because we're giving them your money and loaning to to them, and then they take your money and give it to someone else, and then they, they, they for a higher interest rates because they make money off the spread in the difference between interest rates, mm-hmm. and so what what happens is in every time it, it, so government it can loan more than what it has taken in in deposits because of fractional reserve banking, so it can loan more out and it is taken in. And every time it does, does that, it's, it's, it's creating money. And the, and the only time they're allowed to create this money is if someone asks for a loan. And so if everyone paid off their debts, the money supply would shrink to zero because there's a, there's a flaw in how we've created the money system. We have a debt-based money system, which is why central banks are scared of deflation. If deflation happens, it will wipe out their entire scheme. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And talking about mm-hmm. yeah. about um uh, these um about money, um we remember there was that um honourable Gadi from or well, the former EFF MP who complained about um his um. He's a relatively high salary of 1.1 million. But uh, Zuzu, I think you had, you had a lot to say about that. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that uh, in, my, in my opinion, you know, uh, I think there's two, there's two things that need to be distinguished from each other. This guy, this Godric Gaji, whatever his name is, um, he was saying that um, essentially MPs are living in poverty. They should increase the salaries. They should increase the salaries because we are struggling. And you know, it's there's one thing you know. There's poverty, and then there's there's MP salaries. Those two are definitely <laughs> mutually. Those things are mutually exclusive. <laughs> definitely, like I can say that with a fact. So he's obviously he he's he's just shooting. He's just making. He's just uh, being dramatic about it. There's no way that someone who's living in poverty is earning forty eight thousand after tax. There's no way. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Please give me that forty-eight. I don't even. I don't even earn half of that in a month. You know, please. I would. I would love to have that forty-eight, bro. Oh my goodness. I mean, if I got it'll take me like. Yeah, it'll take me a couple of months to get to forty-eight. Yeah, like, bro. Doesn't it show you how um like disconnected some of these MPs are from from, from reality? You know, look, look. There's nothing yeah. wrong with complaining about a salary. Like, if you're earning a hundred thousand and you want to earn more. And um, you've got good negotiation skills or you can start a business and earn more. Yeah, go ahead, do it, you know. 
but like to say that you're living in poverty, you can't send your kids to school and to varsity and everything like that. I mean, c- come on. I mean, it, I, I think, yeah. you know, th- that's another thing. I mean, it's you not know, like, you know, you, you, it's not yeah. like as if your kids you fall from the sky and you have to catch them, you know, you brought them into this world, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. I think that at the end of the day, this guy just needs financial advice. He is, he, I'm not, I'm going to, in, in this regard, I'm going to, I'm going to support him in the fact that they're living double lives. Yeah. They're first an MP, but they're also a politician. So they have to go back to the constituency and raise and, uh, do campaigns there, whatever they need to do so they can get, uh, support. So they live two, two double lives and plus they have a family as well. So they always have to take their kids to school. But, you know, at the end of the day, you nigga, you still have money. You know, when you're not earning below the minimum wage, uh, you're not on a contract, you, you're not, you are you, yeah, you essentially on the contract, but that contract is nice. And yeah. all you need is financial, financial advice so you can see as to how you're going to spend your money and how you, uh, uh, where you're going to save your money. Plus, you have these perks. So you can use these perks smartly if you actually thought about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, BIK, um, I remember on your Facebook, you shared a story about a guy who was earning 5,000 rand a month. I don't know if it was you, but he was earning 5,000 rand and he, and he accomplished quite a bit. Got married. Yeah, yeah, tell us about uh, that. It was my friend. I, it was on Twitter, actually. Mm-hmm. So some, some uh, a friend of mine whose name I won't mention because he's still a friend of mine, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but he, 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 he was earning 5,000 rands a month and then he started saving from that money, saving towards uh, building a house which was the first thing he did. After that, he started saving. It didn't, it wasn't easy. It didn't take, take him a short time. It took him a long time. Like, while he was doing all of that, I was busy changing jobs, not saving money, yeah, yeah. spending all, every money that I earned. But you know, he was busy mm. saving. And I was earning much, a much higher salary than he was. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's another story. But yeah, <laughs> so he was doing all of these things. And uh, he, he managed to build a house, get married, had a nice wedding, yeah, man, like he's a he's a very impressive person. So I mean, very disciplined. Exactly. Yeah. So so if this guy could do this with five thousand rand, come on, honorable guy, like come on, man. I hope you. I hope in his new job, like he earns even more, and I hope he learns to save, and I hope he is more successful, and he rejects the EFF and adopts free market principles because it just shows being a politician doesn't pay. The free market yeah. pays. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, if I respond, yeah, because if if you. If if you look at this guy, like he's, uh, uh, I I think I was earning about three times what he earns at at some point, and he when I would run out of money, he would loan me money. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. <laughs> see what I mean? He's what kind of life are you living? <laughs> <laughs> he was living but, it up, but, living it up. <laughs> but but this yeah. is actually a common phenomenon in case it's and you have a lot of these people who are very good savers. Like who save like the little that they get, and then they just put yeah, it away, yeah. and you never notice these people. And then all of a sudden, you see this person buying like ten taxis at once. Yeah, and then everyone is strong. Two houses on each side of their property. Exactly. So there's a lot of people yeah. like I just I just hope that we we don't punish them for having these good habits. Yeah. But through this based monetary system, when it collapses. And just basically wipes out all their savings through inflation. Yeah. So this is why this is what people need to understand. This is the most important message I think people need to understand is like at, at some point the system is unsustainable. It's going to collapse. You need to protect yourself from it because someone has to be the last person holding the bag. Whoever moves first is going to get the most reward. 
who moves last is going to find everyone else's reward. Yeah, agreed. Mm. And the thing, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know, people like Gadi, um, because you know he's from a party that who are parasites. So yeah. if there's money, we must eat, no matter what. That's that's his type of thinking. That's the type of policies that they want. Eat, eat, eat. That's all it is. And you know, for someone that's earning forty-eight thousand, you telling me that you're living in poverty, bro. Maybe you shouldn't even have that money. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe it's a good thing that you resigned because obviously you don't understand how, how money works, yeah. and you don't under, And the sad thing is that you're giving you passing this on to your supporters, who also now who are obviously going to take it from you that you know you need at least a hundred thousand to be living. Like nah, you don't. Yeah, definitely so. And uh, and and um, mm-hmm. I, I think as well, I mean, talking about the EFF, there were also there was other guy, Nazir Paulson from um, the EFF, who um, put out on Twitter the other day talk, bragging about how the EFF actually negotiated with Vodacom to drop their prices as a result of that um, ridiculous report that was written by the, com- the Competition Commission. And, um, you know, for, for me, the Competition Commission has not been... Um, on the A game lately, um, I mm. think for me that I, I and again this is probably a conspiracy theory, but I, I think that these guys have been tasked by the government to go after each and every private, mo- privately owned uh, sector, and try to vilify them. Because um, if these guys are there to um, increase competition, why haven't they gone after ESCOM? Why haven't they gone yeah. after the post office? Why did they only investigate mm-hmm. the, the private sector of healthcare? Why didn't they look at the public sector? Who's supplying them and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. N- none of that, n- none of that occurred. And and I just find this to be problematic. I think now they made a, re- a recent ruling on um, on transports, where um, where they actually well, it seemed a bit better than the other rulings, <coughs> but that ruling was that. They, they lifted restrictions off um, metered taxi drivers because um, they, cause they could not compete against Uber drivers because there were no restrictions on them. But what are your guys' thoughts on the Competition Commission and, and what they're doing? So on, on your examples, Dumo, isn't it interesting that you, if you remember Telcom uh, and then you, uh, Telcom was privatized and only after it was privatized you had the Competition Commission starting to, you know, you know, enforce itself against telecom or against the telecoms industry. I mean, the telecom used to be a, a monopoly in telecoms, and then it was privatized, and then it was, it was broken up because of computation regulation. And so this is, this is interesting to see. But uh, so it's not, it's, not a fair, it's, not a fair, it's not a fair organization. It doesn't, it's, it's not there to ensure competition. It's, it's there to ensure that the private sector applies by one set of rules and the public sector applies by another set of rules. And because the, private, the, the public sector is able to uh, be above the law, then it ends up dominating the economy to a greater extent. But luckily for us, government is so inefficient, even with all these regulatory advantages, they can't still make a profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I feel like the competition is just chasing clout. They wanna be. They also wanna look good in front of everyone else. They wanna get their bonuses. I mean, you know, competition is full of lazy ass lawyers. I mean, think think about it. You talk about the fact that um, that they they had a a report, a decision on the on on transport, but then after that, in one of in one of those recommendations, they say that. The, um, they don't understand why the subsidies given to Chain are not given to to Pasa as well. And I'm like, dog, you could have think, think further. 
Prasa is a corrupt state-owned entity. Why would you give subsidies to Prasa? It doesn't make sense. At least give it to something that's working. So I think that you know the Competition Commission is not doing uh, the the economy at uh, any service at all. They don't care about they don't care about uh, actually driving this economy. They just want clout. They just want to look good in front of their employers, who is um, the government and public enterprises. And they don't want to actually think with they with they they don't want to think on their feet. They don't want to think practically. They don't want to think like economists. They don't want to think uh, of how to grow this economy. They just want clout. And they just want to um, implement punitive measures on, on people who are actually doing something for the economy. So now, uh, in terms of Vodacom, Vodacom has now uh, decreased its prices to 30%. And my question now is, where are you going to get this 30% Vodacom? If you're going to lose 30% willingly, what, where are you going to get the, 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 the 30% from? Because you, you still have to pay dividends and your shareholders still want that 30% plus the other 70% on top of that. So where are they gonna get their money? That's what I wanna know. And also like, if Vodacom, you're not winning at the end of the day. Did you hear how much, how, how angry people were when they actually uh, decreased the prices? They were still pissed. They were like, why didn't you do it earlier? Or why can't you do it? Yeah. Why can't you decrease it more? Like, dude, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. So, yeah, dog. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 another con- and another contradiction is that it's so funny how when Thibaut Tash was complaining about how his data was disappearing, that this whole thing started. But, you know, electricity prices have been going up each and every single year. And with the competition commission on that, you know, um, you know, the, we had fees must fall. Where's the competition commission on that? You know, we, you know. And then after, yeah, when we say, when we say people must pay electricity, we are the bad guys. Exactly. I mean, dude, how do you expect this to be function if it's not paid? And they say that no, people are living in poverty. We shouldn't understand. Well, they're the ones who used to, at the end of the day, they still want electricity. So are you not going to make? Are you going to allow them not to pay, or you're going to allow? And then you're going to allow Escom to 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 go down. That's just how it works. That's how the market works. Yeah. One of the most important things to understand about competition is that there's a big difference between a contestable and an incontestable market. That incontestable markets are always created by governments. Because by, by definition, governments are the only ones who can stop you by force from doing something mm-hmm. with, 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 with what you own. And so uh, in contestable markets are always created by governments because they can stop two parties from trading with each other just by deciding to do so because they have the power to, uh, to use force against us. Where private markets, what happens in, 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 a, in private markets is they are always contestable. But sometimes you will get maybe one or two or three parties that are so efficient at providing a service that everyone else simply can't compete. Now, it doesn't last forever. Eventually, someone does compete against the company and, uh, and takes market share away from them. But it, it can occur that you, you, you have a contestable market, but there's, uh, there's a few dominant players. But that's fine. I mean, as long as people can compete, that's not, that's not an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, and, so, and why don't they do the same? Like, why don't they do the same with um, taxis? You know what I mean? Why don't they also to uh, investigate the taxi business? Mm-hmm. Because there's some niggas that have a monopoly over routes. Yeah. And some people that just cannot get roots because they obviously fear for their death. And I think that it's just it's I think that it's just it's it's pitiful for yeah. for the attorneys yeah for attorneys to not uphold, uphold the law but rather to 
to to sing to the uh, to dance to the tune of of their employees is just just pitiful. You're not you're not helping the system. You're not helping the market. You're not helping the economy. You're helping yourselves, and that's the problem with the competition commission. You're always going to help yourself, and you're going to use weak data to 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 implement punitive to punitive measures on these on these businesses such as Vodacom and the telecoms. Um, and the thing is that I don't understand. Have you realized that with the, in terms of the telecoms um, report, they didn't they didn't say no. We should actually have more telecoms. We should actually reduce the the regulations, the red tape on telecom uh, companies. It's like, bruh, if we were competition commission, you should be asking for more businesses to enter the market. It does not make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, no. I was can... going to say mm-hmm. another way that you make a marketing contestable is through regulation. By regulating it more, it's harder to compete against uh, the existing parties as an entrepreneur. So they are by not by not dealing with regulation and only focusing on particular companies at a time and uh, and being disingenuous they are actually allowing uh, concentration to continue they are not actually solving the problem because regulation continues to grow yeah mm-hmm. definitely and 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 you know they can look at simple stuff you know well, how much do you need to pay for a license you know um, what are the barriers of entry? They haven't even. Lo- I don't know if they looked at that. If they actually spoke about that in the report, I haven't looked at looked at that in detail. But if they haven't, then it just shows that they don't know what they're doing. Really, it's it's it, maybe it's what it's also said. They just want to gain clout. They just want to look yeah. like they're for the people, but they're not. And in, and and, in, and you know who's going to pay the ultimate price? We are as the consumers because Vodacom's going to drop their prices. Um, the service levels may decrease. There may be retrenchments. There may be job cuts as a result. You know, that type of thing. And, um, yeah, and we're going to suffer because now there's an opportunity that could have arose out of this situation. But because now they slap more regulations, that opportunity will never be realized. Mm-hmm. And, and I think but that... You know, it's a, yeah, you're saying, Zuzo? No, no, I was going to... And I was just going to say that, you know, it's just like government to do these type of things. You know, uh, we're going to speak about land expropriation just now. But, yeah, government is just, it's, it's, it should not be in business at all. It should not be in the markets. It should just play referee. I don't understand why it's playing both referee and player. It's just boggles my mind. Yeah. So, EWC, what you want to say about that, man? Yeah, man. So the the deadline for submissions for the land expropriation without compensation has been extended to May 29th. I, probably because, firstly, I think the EFF have convinced or influenced the ANC some way or another uh, because the EFF uh, jumped on the bandwagon uh, in terms of the submissions too late. They only started saying anything, something uh, towards the end of January. So... They, so they try to influence that, that, but also the ANC is, you can see that a lot of thousands of people are saying we don't want land expropriation without compensation. We don't. Thousands of people have said no, we don't want land compensation, and now they they see that they're not going to win on their own, on their own um, agenda. They're not going to win through these through these uh, through these submission uh, hearings, but rather let, let's extend it. Maybe people will start coming in their numbers. Whatever they, they're gonna try everything, but and also because they don't want to look like idiots when everyone is like, no, we don't want to, we don't want EWC. They rather have enough people so that now that they can rig the numbers. I'm just, this is a conspiracy theory, but I think that they're gonna rig the numbers, and then after they're gonna push this through. I I, I think I, that's that's the type of way you see. 
I've got another conspiracy theory. I think what they're going to do is I think when they extend it, they're going to actually uh, make sure that they're going to get some people that will just say, yes, we must have EWC and give those guys some KFC or something like they always do. Then they go there and they say, yes, we need EWC and then they leave and then they count that as a submission. So it's it's, going to be arbitrary. Yeah. But either, either, either way, I think they're going to push through regardless. I mean, you saw what, what they do with ETOLs. Everybody said no. What did they do? They still pushed through. They switched on those gantries. Yeah, so. but then they lost out. They, the people are not paying. Mm. Only the few are paying. Yeah. And so I think it's the same with Atlanta expropriation. The only difference is now, before they even push through, they're going to take them to court. They're going to say, this is unconstitutional. You didn't come. You didn't follow the proper procedures. You did not listen to the people in, in terms of public participation. You are unconstitutionally pushing this through. Yeah. So, bye-bye. Yeah, but I nonetheless, know. we know we um, speak about uh, the fact that land expropriation, that conversation is going to be devastating. Juma, you shared something on Facebook recently this week about an uh, old LDD couple that has been threatened by cadres by caters of the ANC to get off the farm. Just tell us about that. And just say, you know, this is a, just a preview of what an expropriation of our conversation is going to be. So mm-hmm. basically there's been um, a situation where there is a, it, I think it's in the Eastern Cape, there's a family that has been, um, I think, leasing land from um, the, the government yeah. for quite a while. And they're doing well. They're actually doing very well for themselves. And now recently... Um, there's just been a mix-up of papers and everything like that. And now the owners, or not the owners, but the people that are standing on the property right now, that family, they're getting calls from um, caters saying that, look, you guys need to get off the property because my ancestors stayed on this land. And nothing is being done to assist these people. And this is a taste of what's going to happen with EWC. Um, I remember there's another guy on Facebook who said this. He says when they talk about... radical economic transformation and EWC and how it's going to help black people. They're not talking about black people. They're talking about their friends and family. That's what it's all about. It's all about benefiting people who are politically connected to the African National Congress. It is never about helping black people because those people are black. They're on the land. They're doing well for themselves. They're black. You know? like You, you can't get blacker than that. You know, and the guys are still phoning him saying that, hey, you need to get off the property. Bro, like it's there. It's, it's right there. You know, people need to see this. I mean, black people are going to get kicked off land just so that ANC can yeah. benefit. And then they put this is sad. white people. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's sad. No, I'm saying it's sad that this is not on the mainstream media. Yeah. Um, but this uh, repatriation from from fucking China is, is on the media. Like, the fuck is about that shit, man? <laughs> like, what? this is real. These are real problems right now that we're facing. Niggas are being checked. An old-ass couple, dog. Like, they're so old, they're not even hurting anyone. But they're just doing good for themselves. But people are still, they still want it to be kicked off because they're just jealous or they just want to eat. Mm-hmm. The problem with people who think that uh, land injustice is something that can only be committed by... Uh, white people is that they end up missing injustice as it happens in front of their eyes. That's an injustice mm-hmm. that this old mm-hmm. couple is kicked off land 
Another injustice is the case that uh, John Stenhazen mentioned in Parliament of David, I think he said Rahate, yes. who, yeah, who was trying to buy the land, the land that he owns, he rents from government. He's been trying to buy it for more than 20 years. He's now 70 years old, and the government has just been refusing to sell the land to him, probably because they mm -hmm. want to give some cater. And so, where, where's, where's, where's the just government? Where's the people's government when it comes to those people? And there's a lot of it because government owns a lot of land. If you actually think about it, all the communal land is owned by government. It's just that the chiefs are, are, are administrate the land and they, they have certain uh, rights to distribute it and so on, but it's actually owned by the government. And so this mm -hmm. is, this is we already have an, a, the perfect example in South Africa's rural areas in the Eastern Cape, KZN, Timbopo, of what EWC is going to look like. It's, it's the thing that generates poverty. It's the thing that creates poor people, forces people to move out from where the areas that they live, even though they have an asset they could be using. But it's dead because they can't, they, they can't use it in the market. They can't transact with it. So they end, what they end, they end up going to live in informal settlements in Joburg or Cape Town, even though they have assets back home that they should be using to get themselves out of poverty. Mm. So the, mm -hmm. the, the justice that's already happening is generating South Africa's poverty. And until people wake up, this will continue. Yeah, exactly. You know, our, our other, you know, with the properties that they have in the uh, back home, like the rural properties, they could do so much with that with that property. But now they choose rather to come to, to the city to talk, and, and they choose poverty in the city, which is, uh, yeah, that poverty is undignified. Uh, that's that, that that poverty doesn't have dignity at all. Yeah, I understand poverty. Yeah, uh, poverty in the rural areas is is better than poverty in in the cities. It's just bad. I mean, you you're living. You, it's two, your house is two inches next to the next person's uh, shack. You know, it's just it's just bad. And the problem now is people are lying in the, in the sense that they don't necessarily distinguish what, what what they need for for land is. They don't know that. Firstly, it's the fact that too many rural uh, too many rural uh, homelands are owned by uh, chiefs and headsmen who don't necessarily do anything with those lands but just uh, punish the people that live on their lands but also the people who are actually living in informal settlements uh, those are the ones that really want the, they just want housing they just want proper housing which they can live on so that they can gain jobs uh, they can be able to live in a dignified way but because everyone just wants to use the um, the Jan van Riebeck narrative and then after that say that you no know, white people are the one that we must take land from it's just going to destroy everyone the, the whole economy just because yeah. you guys are just yes and you remember Tuma, when we had that conversation with Ernst when he said that um, this this type of policies are always tried by governments who are slowly losing power in terms of electoral power yeah, and so they try. They, they yeah, they they. This is their hill, maybe. This is what they're trying to do so they can gain more power. But then it's just gonna backfire. It's gonna backfire, and it's gonna kill them. I, and, and to add on to that, I think also it's not only a hail mary to gain votes. I think it's a hail mary to consolidate power. So let's get this constitution changed before the next election. So if anything doesn't go our way, we can use our power to you know sway the votes in the way we want them. So I think I think that's also another strategy that probably the ANC is thinking of is that let's try get what we can done so that if we are close to losing it we can take away property from people who don't support us anyway and that'll put them in fear. So I know I know that sounds a bit of like an evil genius type of thing, but I think that's uh, that's definitely possible. 
Um, mm. Well, we've seen it throughout history. Mm. Mm. We've seen it throughout history, so it's you know it's not something that uh, that you just pluck from the sky. You know, we've yeah. seen it throughout history. Yeah, yeah. But you know that's the thing. You know, like Impiake says, you 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 worry about one uh, one specific narrative. You you forget about the other injustices that are happening across the country to people that you know. You know, people that maybe they don't look like you or maybe they're not as rich as you or they don't know how to speak English, but these are human beings and they're yeah. also suffering because government really doesn't care about them. They're just using them as pawns. And it's sad for the David Arkhases of this world and that elderly couple who have to go through this type of injustice, as well as the 18 million people who cannot who live on rural homelands but cannot get title of their, of their property. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I guess that's yeah. And the government has a lot of land. They can give. I mean, you know, I think it was Biaki. I think you said. I think we want blacks only, right? And uh, if and you correct me where I'm wrong here. I you said that um, when it comes to um, the land, the government could have actually just given black people title deeds and divided up the land proportionately if they were serious about land reform. But they didn't do it. Yeah, this is referring to the land that government owns. Mm. Government actually owns a lot of land in South Africa. Uh, so by some estimates, they own something like 44% of South Africa's land. And so mm-hmm. you could have. This includes things like national parks, things like the Kruger, as well as you know, like the communal land, the Ngonyama Trust, and all of these places, and all of the land the public works owns, and so on. So it includes. So that, that that would be so. If if it's true that government really owns so much land, the easiest thing to do is take all the land the government owns and just give it to poor people and give them title deeds. Yeah, yeah, including including everything, including the national parks. And this is where some libertarians fight with me when I say we should also give away national parks. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> why not? I, I mean, for me, like you know, I I we're going to put the animals. I respect. We're going to put them in your yard. I respect I the need to 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 protect uh, animals and all of that, but for me, like you can't get to a point where animals have human rights. Humans have property rights. Like if if, if the fact if, if an animal needs taking away property rights from animal from people in order to exist, then that animal should die. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what? I, like I also, I don't. Want, uh, I don't know. Why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Property rights comes first, guys. Come on. You can't be able to. <laughs> okay, so for all the animal lovers, and also at the same time, I think if we if we have... If, if you want to save the animals, adopt all of them, buy them from whoever currently owns them, or if government, if government owns them, they should give, they give it to them for free. They should give you the animal to, for, to you for free, and then you can decide what to do with it. If you want to save them, you can take them from government's hands and take care of them with, with your own money. Yeah. Not our money. <laughs> There's also... No, but it'll, you know, libertarianism will actually save the animals if you think about it. Exactly. If you own, like, let's say, animals and, you, and, and on a property, it's in your best interest that those animals stay alive. So yeah. you're going to do everything you can to protect them. You know, st- st- uh, you know stop mm-hmm. the poachers and everything like that. So, yeah, if it's privately owned... I mean, think about it. Every, like, almost every second week we hear poachers shot, poachers killed a rhino and everything like that. I'm like, man, give those rhinos to someone who has some financial interest and he'll make sure those rhinos don't die or they don't get their horns um, chopped off and everything like that. So definitely, if, uh, um, I, I, if animals are treated as private property and there's some financial gain in preserving them, 
definitely that will, yeah. someone will preserve them. So yeah, I think yeah. libertarianism is good yeah, for animals. For, for, for me, I don't understand. Like you eat chicken, you eat beef, you eat all this nice stuff. Now you wanna cry about the animals. <laughs> now you want to you wanna cry about animals being given human rights, but not being given human rights. I, that's a problem for me. You know, make yeah. your mind up. You know what I mean? <laughs> animals, make your mind up. Animals are not humans. Yes, there is. I think yeah. we can have an ethical treatment of animals, but we can't give them human rights. Yeah. Yes, they are sent. They are sentient animals, and yes, and that's okay. You can you can treat animals ethically. You know. Yeah. But you, you, no. th- that doesn't mean that they're human. Yeah, I think it's right to boycott any butcher that kills animals inhumanely yeah. in a cruel way. Mm-hmm. I think I, I would definitely do that. If if I know that you're killing animals in a cruel way, I'm definitely boycotting mm-hmm. that place. Yeah. So there is mm-hmm. there is a minimum standard that I, I think we need to treat animals at. But at the end of the day, animals are going to property and they are going to be owned by human beings. Exactly. I mean, even when you buy a farm... Um, there's some farms that have bucks on it, and then yeah. like and you know and that they considered part of the property, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So de- definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, animals. Yeah, yeah and even different. when I, even when um, you know, when when I moved out and uh, moved into a new place, the previous owners were saying, "Hey, do you want to keep the dogs?" And I, 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 I respectfully declined. So, you see, imagine you are, you are going to move into a new place and someone says, hey, you want to keep my son? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't go. say that. But you can say that about a dog yes. because it's not human. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, that, that's true. That is true, yeah. man. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I know he's got a point. He's got a point. That's true. Oh, uh, wow. Well. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Is there, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I, I don't know. I don't know about you. anything you want to talk about, Zuzo. I don't, I don't sure. have anything right so, now. Oh, um, so, we have. Um, so, I think we can start with the, the get out of here segment. Oh, yeah. I have. About that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I have a get out of here um, from the um, NBA player in in the US. Um, he he was the reason why the the NBA um, postponed the the season or suspended the season for indefinitely because this idiot there. So he's having a press conference, and then after he's like, "No, no, guys." Uh, I don't know coronavirus, blah blah blah. And then when he's done at the press conference, he goes on on all the mics on the pre- on the desk and touches him with his hands. He t- <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> yes, he touches him with his hands. Then he goes into the locker room and touches everyone, all his teammates' uh, belongings with the, with his hands. It's just like, what's up, guys? What's up? <laughs> oh my goodness! He just holds everyone. And then a few days later, they tested. He tested positive for coronavirus. Yo. And another teammate. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> and another teammate of his also tested positive yo, for coronavirus. Yo. No. <laughs> LeBron pissed because I mean he's on good form right now. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. And and the guy that he got infected the. the on the Utah Jazz was Donovan Mitchell, one of their star players, and he also got infected. Yo. So this guy fucked up everyone's season. Because just <laughs> <laughs> He's going to definitely pay a fine. I think the clubs are going to... Yeah. You know, sometimes these clubs, they pay fines when clubs do stupid things, when players do stupid things. He's definitely going to get yeah. it. 
know, he'd forget a fine, he could get sued. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yo, you nigga, you put my life in danger. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't know. He didn't know. He really didn't know that he had it. Oh, no, he knew. He was no, just you... dumb. Like, doctors told us exactly what not to do. And then he and, went. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He went extra. Like, dude, he, dude touching the bikes. Dude. Like, every single bike. And if you are rich, if you are as rich as an NBA player, there is no excuse for ignorance. Yeah, yeah. People are rich. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Definitely. And you have medical staff, so they obviously know what you should and shouldn't do. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, so him to Rudy Gobert. His name is Rudy Gobert. Get out of here. For <laughs> <laughs> your stupidity. Uh, you heard about yeah. JJ Tabani, guys. It's not a get out of here, but JJ Tabani, I think he had to. I think he chose his. Oh, they can be sure. Yeah, because he says, I don't know what he said about Lumpopa, but he made some reference to witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he made some reference to witchcraft. This is. <laughs> like, I, I, isn't this like common knowledge? Yeah, it's common knowledge. And, and, and I'm saying this is why we need alternative media. JJ Tabani will be so good for alternative media. Yeah, 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 he, you really would. He actually would be. So if, if JJ Taban is watching this, look, man, you know, if these guys suspend you, start a YouTube channel, get a camera, have your yeah. rants every day, you will be loved. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if, if even though, yeah, even though he is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Come Andrew, on. We're trying to get the. Andrew, we try to get this guy to, you know, be inspired. So, I mean, look, start your own, man. Like, I, I think he's got major potential. I mean, he's, I love his rants. His rants are the best, bro. He, did, you see, did you see his rant about Helen Zeller? No, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. He, he had a rant about Helen Zeller when all this stuff with Moosey resigning and Herman resigning happened. Yeah. He had a rant about yeah. that. And then Helen actually got on his show. Yeah. And he was like a pussycat when she was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he does. I also realized that. Yeah. He does that. He has rants about people. Then when he interviews them, he's like a pussycat. He doesn't even ask to answer the questions or have the same. He doesn't have the same energy. I, yeah, he I wish, has the same energy. I, I wish you could do that. Like, I really wish you could. Like, I'm pretty sure there's someone at the studio there, you know, just say, look, JJ, just do your stuff. Just kill it, man. People will pay. I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay to have him. You know, I'll pay. So, JJ Tabani, if you're out there and you're considering, you know, to leave Newsroom Africa, you know, I, I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay to, to listen to you, man, straight up. No, bro. Like, you know, I think, you know, what's superior to a rant is a rant that you can back up with logic and yeah. facts. Get yeah, a guest facts, on yeah. and actually confront them with the evidence and the yeah. logic and the facts and then get their response. Well, if, if someone could do that in South Africa, I promise you, I think there's a lot of hunger for that. Yeah. Mm. Definitely Keep the same energy. Have the same energy, but with facts and logic. Exactly. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe with with, with Tabane, I think he, he he has too much respect, probably for his guests when they're on the show. It's like I'm gonna talk bad about you before behind my back, behind your back. But then as soon as you come <laughs> but, on, I'll be like, hey, what's up? Do you want some tea? No, it's a bro. Move, then then that's a bitches yeah, move. <laughs> like you don't do that. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> like, keep the same energy, either you're going to be a pussycat all the time, or you're going to be a lion all the time. Exactly. Like, you can't. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> we want lion tabane everywhere. Like interviews. Exactly. And we want the lion tabane. We don't but, want the the pussycat yeah. version. No. But his rants are also not. His rants also don't have any. Sometimes they don't have facts. It's just rants. Yeah. Like, sometimes when he's ranting about businesses. Or business or the corporate world, he's just ranting. He doesn't have facts. He just says, Yeah, I pick your ticket. And I'm just like, Dog, 
if someone's so operating in your country, they definitely are patriotic. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, he, he doesn't get it right all the time, but um, I think with that energy... But yeah, has, I understand what you mean. Yeah, he... Yeah, yeah I understand what you mean. And I mean, like, look, I mean, we can train him, you know, we can, we can train him, he can come with us, he can get red pulled by us, and then we'll give him all the info, and then he can just do his rants properly. He'll be good, he'll yeah. be excellent, bro, he'll be excellent. So, yeah, Mr. Tabane, we're not saying get out of your, yeah, we're saying get out of Newsroom Africa, and uh, start <laughs> your own YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is, he is a yeah. good entertainer, don't yeah. get me wrong, like, his, his, his stuff is entertaining, but it's just like, yeah. Oh no! Brilliant, bro. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it'll be it'll make more. It'll be more powerful if you had facts. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Get the facts. I mean, we got them. You know, if you need facts, we got them. We got them. You can come to us. Yeah. Just email us. It's at the, it's in the yeah. description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, guys. But I I, I wanted to show you like uh, I don't know the, uh, um, uh, a new satire satire site that's uh, popped up in South Africa. Please show us. Yeah, what is it? Show us. Show us. Are you going to share the screen with us or what? Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. I, I want to see this. This is, this is going to be awesome. I like this. Mm-hmm. So, can you see it? Yes, I can see it. Yes. Yeah, so if you look at coffeepinnews.co.za mm-hmm. and then a few okay. of the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a, it's a blog. Then a few of the headlines. Man convinces homophobic employees to work for him for free by telling them that getting paid is gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. So this is like Babylon B. Babylon, oh no, the onion. onion. (laughs) Yeah, cure for COVID-19 found in Dr. Sebi's 1992 medical journal. (laughs) So I hope that you guys know who Dr. Sebi is. Yes, he's that guy that... um, has got these, I wouldn't say weird, but very interesting cures for um, mm. specific conditions. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. So that's, uh, the, the, uh, that's my humorous contribution. It's not the same as the get out of here, but <laughs> I guess we can say to Dr. Sebi, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's already out of here. <laughs> Wait, is, is, yeah, he, is he alive? Is, is he his alive? Spirit, his spirit lives on through his supporters. Is, Yo, he, is he still alive? I don't think so. Nah, he's dead. He passed away. Yeah. yeah, he passed Yeah, but his yeah. supporters, you should have seen on Facebook when this uh, when this article was shared. Yeah. People were, were sharing it as facts. <laughs> yeah, dude, I couldn't believe it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the white man has been hiding this from us. <laughs> exactly. One of the kills was what? <laughs> something. You rub, what do you rub on your nipples again? I think it was like chicken or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And they actually, and they actually took that. They actually believed that hook, line, and sinker, even, bro. Yo, man, that's crazy. Who's the who's the who's, who's website is this? Who's the uh, blog is? It's a it's it's a teacher by the name of Debo Komoaje. Oh, yes, I know that guy. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, we know him. We know him. On Facebook. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. On Facebook. Then we should bring him Shout on. Shout out to him. Shout out, we should bring him on. Eh? That'll, be, that'll be actually yeah. a good show to have, I won't lie. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, what I else? I think it's rather fun, a funny one. I just wanted to quickly show you. Yeah, okay. this one. Naughty corner to be introduced in SA parliamentary proceedings in a desperate bid to discourage childish behavior. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good. Yeah, this yeah. guy's good. He's yeah. good. 
He's good. Yeah, you no, know, I'm going to share his stuff. I'm going to really share it because, you know, I think also we need some humor as well in, in, in these uh, situations because, uh, yeah. like, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, like, even with my post as well, I try to be as humorous as possible. But then some people try to virtue signal and say, hey, you can't do this. It's a serious issue. You can't make a joke out of this. But sometimes, you know, you need to laugh, man. Come on. So Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Do. yeah. Yeah. But anyway, guys, you know, we uh, run out of time. Yes. Uh, it was great. Another great episode. Uh, I think we should ma- name this episode <laughs> Dr. CB's Cure for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Dr. CB's <laughs> Cure. <laughs> all right um, <laughs> this is a real one yeah <laughs> uh, okay. all right man all right uh, do it other way to catch us man all right yeah guys um you know what to do manpatriot.com if you want to see all of our content also if you want to support us just go to manpatriot.com forward slash support dash us and you can support us um, financially we really appreciate the financial donations and also during this podcast you may have seen um a little black banner at the bottom of the screen showing all the guys that support us. If you want your name there, please support us, guys. Um, we really appreciate mm-hmm. your support. And that's it, really. I mean, and also at the same time, guys, on Wednesdays, I'll be on Discord, um, you know, from 7 o'clock, and we can discuss whatever. Um, I may have, I may have an, un- an oncoming debate. I may have one. But I just need to speak to the opponent and see if uh, he's keen on that. But I, I said no pressure. Whenever he's ready, he can come through. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to say. Cool. Okay, oh, Dumo, uh, you, do you want to mention the... Uh, okay, maybe we'll, we can, we'll discuss it later. Okay, no problem. I will think we can discuss that. Okay. All right. Okay, then. Yeah, guys, you can also catch us on our personal... Uh, you can catch us on personal, our personal accounts. It's Nzuzo Kati. It's Akwana Kati on Twitter. Nzuzo Kati on Facebook. It's BRK. Anyway, is it Turing 91? Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, at Turing underscore 1991. <laughs> I know it's a bit yes. long, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Turing obviously re- refers to Alan Turing, and the 1991 is just the bed, my bed, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's back to bed. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, on, on Facebook, it's just Mpia Ketlamini, and then uh, my website is mpiaketlamini.com. And yeah, you can catch me, yes. Yeah. Catch me over there. Catch me on there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as well as two more tours also two more dagger on Facebook and on Twitter, right? And on and on Instagram, everything. It's just the same. Oh, yes. You'll yes. find it. Easy, easy. Yes, guys. All right. Thanks, uh, guys, thank you for listening to the show. We know that we're not in studio, um, but thank you for still listening. I uh, really appreciate it. We really appreciate your support. And guys, keep on, uh, yeah, man, keep on uh, listening to us. And please, guys, you know, if you want us to talk about something we haven't talk, spoken about, please, you know, drop us, drop us a message on the on the email, and then after that, we'll, we'll speak about it on a podcast. But nonetheless, yeah. thank you for listening. And yeah, man, you'll catch us on the, on the next episode of uh, Man Patreon. All right, guys, cool stuff. Um, yeah, see you next week. Cool, man. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. Okay. Cheers.